Well, good morning, Christian Church in Mantino. All right. It is great to be here with you today as we take time to celebrate what God has done over the past 40 years here and to look forward to what's coming, right? Okay, all right. So as we begin today, let's look at these words on the screen. Here was an advertisement that went out in a paper. Here's what it said. Men wanted for a hazardous journey. Small wages, bitter cold, long months of uh, complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. Now, would that be an advertisement that would entice you to join that adventure? Well, 27 men saw that advertisement and joined up with Ernest Shackleton to go on a trans-Antarctic trans expedition in 1914. May not seem very enticing. They joined. They had the adventure of a lifetime. They did not complete their task, but they all came back safely because of Shackleton's leadership, and they had something they could talk about and share about for years to come. The call to adventure is one that every follower of Jesus should understand. His initial invitation to his followers was, follow me. An invitation to adventure, follow in my steps, learn from me, put into practice what you see me doing. And when the fishermen dropped their nets, when Matthew left his tax collecting booth, when all the rest of the guys left what they were doing to choose to follow Jesus, they began an adventure that 11 out of 12 finished and were thrilled to be a part of as they helped prepare the way and propel the kingdom of heaven forward. Now guys, this call to adventure did not end with those initial disciples. It continues today. It continues all of us who are open to hearing the voice of the Spirit. I believe following Jesus should be an adventure. I really do. And I think that he continues to beckon us forward to the next chapter. And friends, there is always a next chapter for those who follow Jesus. This leads to the thought for today. I believe that followers of Jesus know the importance of focusing on Jesus as the next steps appear. So listen to this passage. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And these words found in Hebrews 12 follow a chapter devoted to the heroes and heroines of faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. It's all about focus. So I brought something with me today. All right. It has been said that hitting one of these is one of the, one of the hardest feats in all of sports. Basically, you're hitting a round object with a cylindrical object. And from the time the ball leaves the pitcher's hands, the batter has 150 milliseconds to make up his mind whether or not to swing. That's a blink, basically what that is. So what does it take to hit one of these with a cylindrical object? Well, it all goes back to that Little League axiom that all coaches have with their kids, right? Keep your what? <laughs> you know it, don't you? You know it. Keep your eye on the ball. Jesus, it says, the writer of Hebrews, fix your eyes on 
Jesus. Focus. Focusing our attention to him will guide us as the next steps appear. I believe there's always a next step for followers of Jesus. CCM. Happy anniversary. I love this church. Uh, this church has been such a foundational part of my life. And it fills me with joy to see what God has done through the years. More importantly, though, I'm filled with joy to know what God can and will do in the years ahead. Okay? So my question is, are you done? Are you sure? Okay, I don't think you are either. Okay, I don't think you are either. Uh, and this is what I love about following Jesus. There's always another step. Always another step to take ahead of us. So I want to look at two things revealed in Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith that I think will help us clarify our focus as we get ready to move into the next chapter, because we're always moving. These heroes of faith mentioned in, in chapter 11 help focus our, our, on our God to guide us forward. So what can we learn from them? Well, first of all, I think we learn it's very important to celebrate. We need to look back. I'll be honest, I can't walk into this place without a smile coming to my face. I know it's hard to see under the mask today, but hey, I was smiling, okay? I was smiling. Because I can't help but reminisce over what I saw God do. Yeah, Lauren and Betty were there at, uh, when I first came to, uh, to Mantino. In fact, Lauren gave me bacon that I burned my first night in my apartment, okay? <laughs> so I, but I love, I love those two. Bill Shipman was with us early on, uh, and, and all, I know many friends out here today, but I think back to the old building times. Uh, I have so many, many memories. So let me put it into context just a little bit. For those who may not know, I came to CCM on the church's first birthday. That, that day was my first day here. In fact, if we would have done this on the first day in June, like we were planning originally, that would have been the first sermon I ever preached in Mantino. I had the privilege of being here for the next 19 years, leaving to start my role with Ignite. So I've been with Ignite, just started my 21st year with Ignite uh, in June, okay? The being here, though, reminds me of the vital importance of living by faith because we exercise faith in this church's life. Hebrews 11 details the stories of men and women who put their faith in God and then saw God come through over and over. And, and today, as we talk about focusing forward, I think it's important we start by focusing backward. Because I think what God has done, God will continue to do into the future. But it's good to look back and see what God's done. So how do we see him work at CCM? Well, let me share a couple of memories. When the church first formed, several fa families gathered together to see what God would do. When I came, there were about 20 people here. I asked my mentor, Bob Sloniger, I said, why in the world would Ignite, back then it was CDA, why in the world would they entrust a new church to a 22-year-old right out of college? And Bob said three things. The one, you came from a minister's household. You understood the church. You weren't going to be surprised by things that took place. Two, you were highly recommended by the school you graduated from as a potential leader. And three, he said this with a twinkle in his eye, three, there were 20 people. How bad could you hurt it? <laughs> That's the reality right there, okay? That is the reality right there, okay? 
I'll tell you why. Okay, so I remember those early days trying to figure it out, okay? Like I say, 22-year-old kid, okay? We got involved in community events. I became a coach. That's where I first met Bill. I was coaching fifth and sixth grade basketball, driving a school bus. Bill was coaching seventh grade. Seventh grade basketball at that time. Seventh and eighth grade, both. Yeah, you were coaching that. We passed out information about the church house to house around this town. And slowly the church began to grow. Now, there were steps of faith we took during those, during those early years. I can remember going to two services in the building on Main Street. The building would seat about 50. We said we were growing about to 35 to 40 at that point in time. And I said, you know, we need to go to two services so we can grow bigger. I didn't know that was a foolish thing to do at that point in time. But we did it. And the church grew to about 70 until we started building this facility here. Now talk about faith steps. I still remember a critical meeting that we held one night when we were trying to figure out whether we had the finances to build this initial building or not. And I was in a meeting with two of our leaders. He was the chairman of the building team and then the guy who was going to do the finances for us. The chairman of the building team looked at the other guy and said, Bob, look at these numbers. These numbers make no sense whatever. We cannot plan to do what we want to do with the money we have coming in. I don't think there's any way this could ever happen. And I remember very clearly that night, sitting there and praying. I wasn't the finance guy. I was the minister. And Bob Cobstill, some of you who know him, stepped up to the plate that night and said, you know, Chuck, you're right. The numbers don't add up at all. And on paper, there is no way this thing could ever happen. But then he said this, Chuck, you also know that tithing doesn't work on paper. And yet we both know it works. I think God has something in mind for our church, and I think he's going to make this happen. And guys, you're sitting in it today. Okay? All right? Yeah, Bob's faith clicked the switch that night. Amazing, amazing. I remember another night, we, we decided to step away from receiving Ignite's, back then, CDA support. Now, they were supporting my salary. And I remember a bit of me right out here. And we said, uh, hey, we could do this to get off support. And everybody said, yeah, let's do it. I said, whoa, wait a minute, that's my salary we're talking about, you know? <laughs> God came through as God always comes through. There's so much to celebrate today. I could tell you story after story. And one of these days, yeah, I'll just come back and tell stories. I love telling stories, okay? I know that in the first 20 years of life, over 400 people gave their life to Jesus in baptism. I know that young men and young women went into full-time ministry because of the ministry of this church here. And I know that since that point in time, men and women, boys and girls, have been discipled deeper into a relationship with Jesus. And this town has been impacted eternally because of the ministry of the Christian church of Mantino. Now my question is, has God shown up through the years? Does God deserve our appreciation, maybe for just a moment, to applaud for what he has done, huh? I think, huh? All right. Hey, look, we need to celebrate. Celebration is good, okay? But it can't end there. It can't end with celebration. That goes to the second thing I want to look at, and that is we need to anticipate. We need to anticipate what's coming. Forty years of life. That's incredible. 
there's more ahead. More steps for this church to take, just as there are more steps for each of us individually to take as we follow Jesus. We can't rest in the past. We can't be content with what has happened. Jesus calls us to focus forward. When Hernan Cortez landed his ships on the coast of Mexico in 1519 to begin the campaign that would conquer the land of Mexico, one of the first things he did was to order the ships they'd come to land on to be burned on the shore. Now, I'm sure his men had some thoughts about that as they watched the ships they'd come in on burning behind them. But his, his, his reason was very simple. We're looking forward, guys. We're moving forward, and there is no retreat backwards. Yeah, we celebrate what God's done. We don't want to live there. We can't live there. We've got to move forward. I love the, the stories in Hebrews 11 because it, it talks about focusing forward. Look at some of the verses. Abraham, he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Now friends, I love reminiscing about the past. Looking back to what God's accomplished for his church, but while we celebrate, we don't live in the past. We can't. Our focus has to be fixed on, fixed on Jesus because Jesus is always saying, come forward. Come follow me. It's movement. He calls us to. There are more disciples to be made. There are more lives to impact and influence. There are more missions to be, be taken care of here and beyond. So what will help us as we look forward? I think there's two things. One, we need to pray. We need to pray. The heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 had a connection with God that enabled them to move forward. They talked to God and they listened to what the Father had to say to them. And as they listened, God directed them to their next steps. And this held true whether you talk about Moses, Abraham, Gideon, or Noah, just to mention a few there in the chapter. See, prayer is such a critical tool for every church and every follower of Jesus. Prayer connects us to God's power. So I brought a, I brought a, a light with me today. Okay, here you go. Okay, there's a problem here. You know what it is? Yeah, my battery slipped off of it. I don't know what the deal is. It wasn't connected very well. Let's see what happens there. Oh, yeah, there we go. That makes a whole lot of difference, doesn't it? Hey, when we're connected, the light will flow, and the light will show us where to go. Prayer connection to fa the Father makes all the difference in the world for the church and for followers of Jesus. And if we don't have this, simple. I learned a lot about prayer here. I remember early mornings when we did pop the power of persistent prayer. And I, I encourage people to come over about 5.30 in the morning. People come over at 5.30. I'm not saying you need to do that, Creighton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I mean, I, we did that. I can remember laying here on this stage praying. I remember prayer seminars, prayer vigils that we had here. Prayer impacted what took place here. 
In fact, I believe in prayer so much. Prayer is foundation of the ministry I lead with Ignite. We pray. We pray every week together via conference call. We pray the 30, first 30 days of the year. And I've seen what happens as we pray because as we connect to the Father, God opens doors. See, prayer helps us hear what the Father wants us to hear. And prayer not only helps us hear, it helps us then be able to take the next steps. And I love those coincidences that happen when we pray. See, a praying church is a connected church. And it's only through connection, guys, that we know, the, we know where God wants us to go. Because I believe he will direct our steps through his spirit if we connect. I told somebody recently who is uh, trying to figure something out, I said, listen, it's very simple. Pray until you know what to do, and then do it. And then do it. Because I believe when you pray, God answers. I've seen it over and over. You have to. You have to. Uh, The second thing we need to do is we need to be willing to take the step. The people in Hebrews 11 are known as heroes of the faith because they put their faith into action. They fixed their eyes on God, and when he called them, they stepped. Instead of looking all around the things that could be going on, the things could go wrong, they just stepped. Now, I could talk a little bit about this. Um, For my 60th birthday last year, my wife bought me an experience skydiving okay i'd always talked about this and so she bought me uh, she bought me tickets to do that when i turned 60 now luke who's one of our sons he was getting married in july in fact their anniversary is tomorrow and uh, he was getting married in july so his wife to be said please wait to take the plunge until after the wedding okay i guess i was critical to that so i complied i determined i was going to jump in august and so I signed up for everything, clicked the enter button, and from that moment on, my life was filled with fear and anticipation, both at the same time, okay? I'll be honest, I'll be honest. Okay? So I was preparing to enter new territory, doing something I had never done before, and, and I knew it was dangerous. I knew it was dangerous. Uh, there's a little bit of crazy in me. I know that too, okay? I know that too. I'm a church planner. Anyway, um, so, so the deal was, I, I went in there, I did the, the initial training. Of course, they informed me of several steps during the training. Now, you could die doing this. I said, okay. So I just stepped, I'm, I'm take, ready to take the next step. Put the harness and everything on, and uh, they said, now, you can back out, you could die doing this. I said, yes, I understand that. I'm, I'm here, okay, I, I'm ready to take the next step. So you go to the picture, will you? Okay. So, as, as I was scooting on my, my bottom toward the door, 13,000 feet up in the air. I'm there with my tandem partner. And I, I began to think to myself as I was scooting toward the door, what was I thinking? <laughs> right? Okay. But I'm not, I'm not backing out now. Come on, how bad could it be, right? Okay, so I mean, I was scooting toward, and I was hanging with my feet outside the door. I thought, here we go. And out we fell. And I had the most adrenaline-filled minute of my life as we fell 7,000 feet that I've ever had in my life, okay? I mean, it was, it was really something. Yeah, just a little crazy. But it was fun, okay? Hey, I ride a motorcycle, too. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I got that in me. Faith, okay? Listen, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Hebrews 11, 1. If we can hold something in our hand, and know we can accomplish it, that is not 
faith. Faith involves courage and a little bit of crazy. Okay? It really does. It really does. I mean, did it make sense for Noah to build a huge boat out in the middle of the desert? Okay? Did it make sense for Abraham to leave an established life, everything he knew there in Haran, just because God said, follow me? See, every story in Hebrews 11 details people who launched out even when they didn't have all the answers laid out in front of them. My question, has anything changed for we who follow Jesus? The answer is no. No. Faith still demands that we not only listen to the Father, but we step into the unknown. I've been doing full-time ministry now for almost 40 years. God's not dropped me yet. I don't think he'll drop any of us. So we don't want to miss opportunities that God has in store for us, guys. In the 1940s, the Swiss had a lock on watchmaking. 80% of the watches made in the world were Swiss-made. In the late 1960s, an inventor presented Swiss watchmakers with an idea for a new type of watch. And every Swiss, making, every Swiss watchmaking company looked at his idea and said, nah, we're not interested. Not, never going to happen. So he took his idea to a company in Japan named Seiko. His design was a digital watch, and today, almost every watch made in the world is digital. They missed it by that much, right? Hey, sometimes it's difficult to see forward. It really is. To say the least, 2020 has been a challenging year, hasn't it? Okay, now we've, we've all faced it. But I've watched churches be incredibly resilient and creative during this time. We have the good news of Jesus that brings hope. And our mission has not changed. We bring hope to the hopeless. That's what we do. And what does the next step look like for CCM? I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that there is a next step. There's more adventure ahead. We just need to be ready to step. I face that leading the organization we lead. We're figuring out new things all the time. And here's what I'm committed to. When it comes to church planning, continuing to step. Because there are almost 7 million people in this region north of us who don't know Jesus. And I want to change that number. So I'm grateful for the foundation of faith that being here at CCM laid in my life. Thank you. Thank you. It has blessed me immeasurably what I learned here in my church planting work. And thank you for all you've done for me, and thank you for what you've done for church planting in Chicagoland. But let me reiterate, there are more steps ahead for you. You are not done. You're not done. Keep stepping. I'll have one more round object with that I want to I want to leave you with today. Onions. Okay. You know what I, what I love about onions? It's the multi-layered aspects of them. Because you, you peel back one layer, there's always another layer underneath. 
And you just keep peeling and peeling and peeling until you get to the core. Now, my, my, and the way my mind works, it's following Jesus. There's always another layer underneath as we follow Jesus. The, the deeper into the relationship with him we come, we, we learn more. And we get exposed to more opportunities. But the onion, when it comes to following Jesus, the onion doesn't get smaller, it gets bigger. Because we never run out of steps. As long as we're on this, this planet, we never run out of steps to take. So we keep stepping. And what's true for us as a church, it's also true for us individually. So my question for you, what is your next step? What does Jesus want you to do? Where does he want you to get involved? Well, who does he want you to reach out to? I want you to ask yourself that question. What's my next step? And in order to determine that, I want to ask you to do two things in the week ahead. One, I want to ask you to pray. Fix your eyes on Jesus and ask him to show you what step of faith he wants you to take. If you ask him and seek him, he'll show you exactly what you're to do. And then secondly, step. When you receive guidance, just do what he tells you. I heard a speaker recently relate, relate to the fact that following Jesus for him is, is the way, uh, is, to him, is like a, what a blind man experiences as he walks. He said he takes his cane and he, he taps and then he steps. And he taps again and he steps. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is when, when you pray and you know what you're supposed to do, tap and step. Prayer is tapping and then we step. Prayer is tapping and we step. Following Jesus should be an adventure. Let's live it like that. Whether it's reaching out to a neighbor, praying with a friend, giving financial, I don't know what Jesus is going to ask you to do. I just know if we ask him, he'll tell us something to do. And he wants us to do it. It takes courage to step. It takes a little bit of crazy. But think of the things you're going to see. Think of the experiences you're going to have and the stories you will be able to share. Step. Church, I encourage you to do those same two things corporately. The village and this area needs to see a church that is vibrant and alive and living the light and salt of Jesus. The village in this area needs it. So please, pray and step. Happy anniversary, CCM. May the next 10 years be even greater than what the first 30 were. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for this church. Thank you for the difference it's made, not only in my life, my family's life, but for the difference it has made in the lives of so many people across this region. Lord, I pray. I pray that you will make the next steps very clear for this church. And not only that, I pray that you will give the courage and the strength and just that, that willingness to, exp to experience the crazy adventure you want the church to see to take that step, whatever it may be. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you for the way you always watch out for your people. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen.